Today we are putting the plant world front and center again. This never ceasing to amaze interconnected web of life that offers us so much beauty and healing. We are speaking with a naturopath about a plant that commonly does not get the attention it deserves, comfrey. How can comfrey provide its amazing properties to you and your body? We'll find out today. The wisdom of medicinal plants, comfrey. That's our topic here today on An Organic Conversation, your show on everything that makes life worth living. I'm Helge Helberg. I love these shows in which we speak about the ingenious world of plants, nature, really, and the healing it can provide to us. We had an amazing episode on turmeric, or its element curcumin, just a few weeks ago, and if you missed it, I highly recommend you listen to it on iTunes or on anorganicconversation.com. It was one of the most stunning interviews we've done in a long time because newest research shows just how powerful curcumin is as an anti-inflammatory and even anti-cancer agent in prophylactic use and even in therapeutic use to prevent or fight cancer. Today we are talking about another plant in nature's apothecary called comfrey and the truly fascinating properties it provides to us. And that is our topic, the wisdom of medicinal plants, comfrey. All that and more coming up in just a minute here on An Organic Conversation. I'm your host, Helge Helberg, and this show is made possible by Bare Belly Organics, offering a complete line of natural sunscreens and organic skincare for children and adults, and even baby-safe creams and sunscreens. Bearbilly Organics uses natural minerals and organic ingredients and never harmful chemicals. Handmade sunscreens and organic skincare at barebellyorganics.com. In celebration of the 2017 Great American Solar Eclipse, Fry Vineyards, in collaboration with GreatAmericanEclipse.com, are proud to bring you a very limited supply of special releases such as Umbra Organic Zinfandel, Umbra Organic Chardonnay, and Totality, their first organic sparkling wine, to celebrate the solar eclipse on August 21st. Toast the cosmos in style. Frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E dot com. And by Utterly, offering beautiful and fun clothing for boys and girls that is made entirely from the unused fabric of prominent apparel manufacturers. Each garment reduces our eco-footprint by preventing this fabric from reaching the waste stream. Utterly, making sustainability fashionable and fashion sustainable. For more information, utterly.co. That's U-T-T-E-R-L-Y dot C-O. <music> 
And we're back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. Our topic in this hour is the wisdom of medicinal plants. We have had shows on other herbs and spices in recent weeks. And today we are talking about an herb that is really not getting the attention it deserves for all its amazing healing properties, and that is comfrey. And on the phone with me now is Dr. Holly Lucille. She is, of course, a naturopathic doctor in Los Angeles. That's drhollylucille.com, drhollylucille.com, her website. She joined us a few months back on the episode Breast Cancer, Natural Medicine on the Road to Recovery, an amazing show, really showcasing and highlighting her absolutely beautiful view on the world of nature and our lives and the importance of that. And we are diving back into that world with her today on our show, Comfrey, the Wisdom of Medicinal Plants. Dr. Holly Lucille, do we have you on the line? Hey, hey, I'm right here and happy <laughs> to be back. Yes, a pleasure. That was an amazing episode on breast cancer in February, and we are covering some plant-based medicines or properties this summer, kind of revealing the the areas that need more light. And we're using the summer light, the sunshine right now to go into those areas. We talked about the oceans. We talked about uh, turmeric and its property curcumin. And we stumbled across comfrey. And I must say, even as a holistic nutritionist myself, I vaguely remember that giving the attention or getting the attention it deserves, it so rightfully deserves as a really powerful healing agent of nature. But you know so much more about it. <laughs> Please share with us. It's wonderful to have you back. And what is it about comfrey that, in, in a general overview first, to really make sure. this part of your regimen of what you look at if you talk about yeah. with somebody about their health? It's such a lovely and timely conversation for me personally, because I have to tell you, um, <laughs> last night <laughs> I was at the grill uh, and I was putting together skewers, so vegetable skewers, you know, and just kind of getting that lovely sure. barbecue. I punctured, yeah. I, I literally, you know, I move sort of quick. I might move as quick as I talk. <laughs> I, I got is, that. Yes, I, I thought it, you would. It is a problem sometimes, <laughs> I will tell you that. I am prone to nicks, knacks, and injuries. Um, but literally, I, I have a full-on puncture wound in my hand. And the, the immediate thing that I did when that happened, I mean, blood and everything. I mean, it was awful, hmm. was get my comfrey cream. Because comfrey has been around almost literally, and I'll say this, as long as the earth itself. It's indigenous to Europe, this perennial herb. It kind of has these hairy-looking leaves and stems, and it produces this delicate bell-shaped flower in either cream or pink or purple. It's really beautiful, depending on specific varieties of the plant. But Comfrey's first reported medicinal use dates back to about 400 B.C. Oh, no um, the word Comfrey in Latin actually means to grow together. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because it is, it is relied upon f for wounds, or, or it's also been known as bone set. Literally, it can pull things back together. So wounds, inflammation, gout, ulcers, gangrene, back in the day, fractures, sprains, burns. That's what it was traditionally used for. And it's absolutely 100% amazing. Uh, and, you know, we've got it in our modern day. And it's something that I rely on, obviously, 
on a daily basis. So let me ask you if you have any, if you ever read about it or all these Latin names usually really simply describing exactly that, the medicinal properties. They somehow back then, 400 BC, Romans or whoever charted this plant first somehow figured out what this will do. There was a, there seems to have been a curiosity because, you know, drugs were not around. Laboratories didn't really exist the way we understand them today. They were looking at the plant world, at least that's the image I'm getting, with everything has a purpose and, and, a, and a single focus. All these plants are there for a reason. Let's find out what the reasons are. Is that a fair summary or is that totally overstated? What is your no, sense I, of that time? I think that's really fair. And, and you know, I actually am a big looker-upper of words. Um, and their origin, because I think that we, as, it's kind of like the telephone game, right? It's like every, everything gets a little bit like, let me give you an example. This is, a, this is a great example. The word peruse. If someone's like, hey, you can just peruse this article. You know, people will like, what does it mean? And most people will tell me, in my experience, because I've tested this out, you're just going to kind of glance through it. But actually, if you go back to the origin of peruse, it means to study intently. You know, so it's like, we kind of got that one wrong. It was, it was misinterpreted through the years. And sure. so as a writer, as an author, as a lecturer, I always go back to the root words just because I think it's important. I, I don't know. There's something about that. Let me give you another example. Dossier, doctor. Dossier uh -huh. means to teach. You know, it's, it's to teach. And I love that. When you go back, it's like to teach. So my job really is to impart all of the, the education, the knowledge, and perhaps maybe that I'm over 50, the wisdom that I have to the people that I am working with. I think that's my job. Uh -huh. It's not to tell or, you know, just to direct or to give doctor's orders. It's to teach, it's to educate. And so I really think that you're spot on with that. Well, and you are spot on with that because <laughs> that, that is your role and you're excellent at it. And still for me surprising that 400 BC, somehow they must have put this on animals or on themselves and then just watched what happened to call Comfrey the, the great mender or or connector. Um, yeah, to grow together. I yes. love it. So as a natural path, actually, before we dive into the properties and how people would use it, how much is the, the world of plants, or is this really the foundation of being a natural path? Often people ask, you know, what's a natural path? And we now understand what a chiropractor does roughly. And I say it's a, you know, it's a real doctor you have studied for years and years and years. But how much is the plant world part of that that studies? This is a great question. I'm going to answer it in a couple different ways. First of all, thank you for asking it. And I agree with you. I think there's value in all systems of medicine. So I'm going to make one correction, though. There's a difference between, in my opinion, from the, from the literature, from the research, and from our culture right now, politically and elsewhere, there's a difference between a naturopath or a naturopath tomato, tomato, and a naturopathic doctor. Uh, and I think it's just, it's this little slight difference that I think it's important oh, great. for the consumer yeah. because there are lovely traditional naturopaths that have been educated in a way that we have similarities as far as we know that in taking good air and water and uh, sunlight and food and mm -hmm. herbal medicines and homeopathy is there. Naturopathic doctors have gone on to be credentialed in practicing medicine. So it's a different scope. And unfortunately, the nomenclature allows some confusion for the, the consumer. And so it's something that I like to take the moment to just clear up. 
because I have friends that are traditional naturopaths. I refer to traditional naturopaths. In my practice, I don't have a, a business model that will allow me to spend an hour doing constitutional hydrotherapy with somebody. However, it is an incredible modality. It's very healing. And what is it called? I can Traditional hydrotherapy. So, you know, the use of water mm-hmm. uh, and heat and um, cold and hot to actually stimulate all sorts of things, the immune system, circulation, you name it. And so I have referral systems with traditional naturopaths all throughout my community, which is wonderful. And so we have this relationship. But I am licensed as a primary care doctor, as a naturopathic doctor. So that's one thing. But your question, you know, I gave a lecture just this, this, uh, this weekend, and I talked about plant medicine. And when I went through school, I, I definitely had the opportunity to, and I needed to, it was part of the, the curriculum, to study pharmacology. And, you know, I'm the daughter of two pharmacists, so I, I was very well-versed in pharmacy, and, um, I, you know, I grew up working in pharmacies because of my parents and such, and medicines, and here, take this approach. But I was kind of always skewed towards this deeper, more comprehensive understanding of why somebody might not be feeling the best that they could based on their body's ability to heal and all that stuff. But when you study the, uh, you know, we, we also took botanical medicine. And studying the pharmacognosy of plant medicine, I have to tell you, it's so much more difficult. It was so much more arduous for me to circle the right answers because there's so much more to learn. Plants are extremely complex. They have components, whether it's the leaves, the stems, the root. They have these compounds. Like you mentioned turmeric. Oh, my dear. The, the curcuminoids and the, the mechanism of action. Drugs, like a COX-2 inhibitor will do one thing. It'll inhibit, inhibit COX-2, right? A curcumin? Forget about it. Uh, over a hundred, a hundred different <laughs> m- modes of action in the body. Antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, decreasing inflammatory cytokines. I mean, there's so much more to know. And if you look at the World Health Organization, it's the number one utilized modality of medicine throughout the world. So plant medicine is real. And it's very important to people like myself as a naturopathic doctor because of our tenets. First, do no harm. So we want to try to use the least invasive methods first to diagnose and treat. And I think plant medicines, in my experience, less side effects, effective, because we can get some, we, we, we actually can get the gold standard, double-blind placebo-controlled studies on many of these different plants that are coming out. And so extremely important as a naturopathic doctor, 100%. Well, actually, I don't want to ask anything else. I have kind of tears in my eyes just by listening to your excitement about life and that world. <laughs> but <laughs> I will keep asking. But thank you for that. It's really beautiful to to hear yeah. somebody that awake and aware and integrated uh, and, and standing between the world of our Western approach to life, not just to health or medicine, but to life and and doing the dance for us because somebody has to. You have to to, to dip into both worlds and connect them. You're, yeah, and you're, I appreciate you saying yeah. that. And, and, and I do want to say, and I'm, I'm sorry, but there is a value in all, like I said, systems of medicine. So, you know, I, I was in a horrible motorcycle accident. And so there were, there were those pharmaceutical agents that were very important for my quality of life and my survival at that time. Yes. And I think there is a place for everything. But when you look at our modern day, and the inflictions that people go through, I truly believe that the here-take-this approach, we need to be more comprehensive, and plant medicines across the board are extremely important in wellness, 
in optimal living, in quality of life. They're safe, they're effective, and there's so much more to be learned. We're speaking with Dr. Holly Lucille, naturopathic doctor out of Los Angeles. <laughs> Los Angeles, that's Dr. D.R. Holly, H-O-L-L-Y, Lucille, L-U-C-I-L-L-E, drhollylucille.com, who was on the show for Breast Cancer, Natural Medicine on the Road to Recovery in February. If you missed that episode, go to anorganicconversation.com and check it out. And um, yes, naturopathic doctor, educator, television and radio host, really doctor and, and messenger between the world of nature in whatever form and the Western systems of, of health and life. When we talk about plant health, what was really clear, and it, it came out in our February episode as well as in this show on turmeric and curcumin, is that you approach health if it's not a specific need of pain or, 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 or fracture, and maybe even then, by basically removing the obstacle that is mm. in between the person and healing, right? It's not about fighting the disease. It's about restoring the system that allowed this disease to manifest. Is that an overstatement, or no, how would I you describe that? Yeah, it's a brilliant statement. I mean, I think that I have guiding principles and tenets that I truly believe in, and one of and, and the biggest one I would say is that, and and this is what helped me be a successful practitioner. And I say successful not because I'm rich and not because I, it's because I have good outcomes. Because people, in my opinion, <laughs> or not in my opinion, I guess just from what I've seen, they feel better uh, when they see me. And and it's not anything that I'm doing. It's that, well, maybe it's part of it. It's it's the team. It's them and me. It's the partnership. But I do believe that the body has an innate ability to heal itself. I mean, I feel like I can see that in even in the medical biomedical studies that I, I've taken. Like, the body works. It's brilliant. It's this incredible, like nature, like it's just incredible. And so when there are symptoms, when there is a disease process, even if there is a diagnosis, the questioning needs to start happening. It's a little bit of a, a sleuthness, you know. It's like, okay, let's think this through. Where are there obstacles to cure? Why can't the, the body's always trying to come back into balance. The body's always trying to heal itself. And sometimes what we start seeing from a symptom perspective is the compensation of an imbalance. And so, you know, it's the difference between being reductionistic in your approach, meaning mm -hmm. here, take this, yes. or suppress your blood pressure, or suppress your cholesterol, or suppress, you know, even your um, fever, to let's let this breathe a little bit. Let's think this through. Let's see what's happening, and let's what's in the way. What is the body responding to? And the difference I also believe is that it's, you know, the here, take this approach is easy medicine. I've seen this, and I, I hate to say this, but I've seen this over and over and over again, where we have gotten used to for so many years of, oh, you have a cold, and you go, even if it's not, you know, uh, bacterial in nature, you go to your primary care doctor, you get an antibiotic, and like, here, take this. When you're asking somebody to, let's look at your diet, let's look at your lifestyle, let's even look at, honestly, your thoughts, like your relationships, like treat the whole person, that's another tenet of mine, right? So it is not easy medicine, I would say. Um, it's more comprehensive, but it does require somebody to be engaged in their life, in their the responsibility of what they put mm -hmm. in their body. Yeah. And so it, you, you put people in conflict, and that's the interesting thing for me. Uh, in my practice these days is that, I, and I warn people, because there's a difference between, I would say, um, compliance, like, oh, well, 
Dr. Lucille told me to do this, or adherence. And adherence is that faithful attachment to some. I want, sure. I want ownership somebody, of your own. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I want somebody to go, okay, this is up to me. And, and, and good, for good or bad, you know, and it's not blaming anybody. It's like, but I want them to know that how powerful they are over their own situation, over their own health, and over their own body. Great, yes. And you made a good point. Usually in the society, we are very reactionary, meaning if there's a life-threatening thing going on, illness or injury, uh, at that point, the Western system is pretty responsive. It can save lives. But your yeah. systemic approach to restoring health can work in addition or is a good focus to have in general, whether you're sick or not or injured or not, to even approach injury with the healthiest body you possibly can. So it kind of it's never obsolete, whether it's an emergency or not, but the entire world of plant-based medicine and naturopathic remedies or, or your scope of work is always applicable, right? People can come to you and say, I'm perfectly fine, and maybe they really are, And I still want to know what I can do to be more robust or responsive if something happens to me down the road. Yeah. We are speaking with Dr. Holly Lucille in this hour of an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. Our topic is the wisdom of medicinal plants, and we are focusing on comfrey. Dr. Holly Lucille, we're going to take a quick break to honor our underwriters, and we'll be right back with so much more. Stay tuned. This show is brought to you by Bowman College, a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Become a nutrition consultant or a natural chef at one of their campuses or learn from home in a self-paced mentored distance learning program. For more information on a degree in holistic nutrition or culinary arts, bowmancollege.org. And thank you also to Earl's Organic Produce, a national distributor of organic fruits and vegetables that has been sourcing solely organic produce for over 20 years. From grocery store to company cafeteria to caterers and personal chefs, anyone can buy from Earl's Organic. Certified organic produce at earlsorganic.com. And thank you also to Equal Exchange a worker-owned cooperative that ensures your food is environmentally sound and socially just. Equal Exchange has been creating big change for small farmers for over 30 years by offering certified organic and fair trade coffee, tea, chocolate, bananas, and avocados. More on Equal Exchange at equalexchange.coop. That's equalexchange.coop. And we're back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. Our topic today is comfrey, the wisdom of medicinal plants. And my guest is nobody else but Dr. Holly Lucille, the naturopathic doctor, television radio host, educator from Los Angeles, drhollylucille.com, her website, who joined us in February for the amazing episode of Breast Cancer, Natural Medicine on the Road to Recovery. Today, plant-based medicine, we're talking comfrey. What is it about comfrey? We talked about it's called in Latin the, the great mender, or how did you call it exactly? To grow together. Oh, that's to, that's the, even the, cuter. The Latin in, in an origin, <laughs> yeah, to grow together. Isn't oh, that wonderful? that's so sweet, yes. 
tell us about what it would do in regard, you said bruises, cuts, maybe even bones. How would you, you use it? And why is it so little known? I would say out of all, you know, turmeric, there are now teas and, uh, you know, juices. And it's kind of, it's in the public eye. Uh, comfrey, I, I would say that nobody really on the street knows much about it. No, yeah. Why is it falling yeah. under the radar? And Well, one of the yeah. reasons is that it, it was kind of, there was a, there's um, these alkaloids that had been found in, in comfrey, and they were found to be toxic. Ah. And so it, sort of they've been found to be damaging to the liver, but this particular comfrey that I'm using from a, a medicinal perspective, and it's, it's more in, in a, an ointment called trauma comfrey, and it's actually made out of um, a comfrey that's grown that are, are free of these alkaloids that have been once. And, and it's true, you know, when we talk about plant medicine, it's very complex. Uh, but there are these, I'm not even going to burden you with the word, but let's just call them PAs. They're pyrrolidizing alkaloids. And even though comfrey is so beneficial as far as fortifying bones and supporting muscles and healing the skin, it contains these PAs. But the comfrey, the trauma comfrey that I use is free of those, and it's grown free of those. And I think that's what's really important. So partly that's why it's under the, the radar. But, you know, I... Um, and what would I it do? A, what what would the, the toxicity do, or what did it do? Yeah, so very toxic to the liver. And so when people were taking it in teas, or you know they were taking it orally, that was something that was coming up as an issue, damaging to the liver. Mm -hmm. Our liver is something certainly, you know, it can lead to cirrhosis and liver failure. It's certainly something that we don't want to even dancing with. I mm -hmm. mean, and and also you know compounds, as we well know from cosmetics and uh, sunscreens they can penetrate into our skin and then and cause. So when you think about comfrey in its original sense, I think people, we, it, it sort of got left off the radar, as you would put it, because of these toxic um, alkaloids. However, the trauma comfrey that I use is free of them, and it, it's grown free of them. And so that's what's really important. So it's a very, very safe comfrey, although effective. And, you know, I was going to say, I, I, um, I've been an athlete. It's kind of like one of those, I'm going to just say God-given talents. I, I never, you know, I shoot basketball or I can play. Like, I'm very uh, sort of kinesthetic in that way, right? So I, I, when I was a young girl growing up, like, I just sports and running around and all of that stuff. Well, back in the day, it was rice, right? We, we knew that for the injury. It's rest, ice, compression, and elevation. We all know that formula, right? Well, I have a new formula, and it's rest, <laughs> ice, because that's important. It is for vasoconstriction and, and, and to decrease the swelling. Right. And then my C, though, in the rice is comfrey cream, because I think it's extremely important. After icing, continued three times per day until the injury has healed, I use the trauma comfrey and then elevate, still so elevate the, the injury above the, the heart to limit the swelling. But um, it's so medicinal. And I have to say, strains, sprains, bruises, other traumas, uh, not only do I kind of move quickly, but I am a CrossFit athlete and I'm a CrossFit coach, and so I enjoy it. And, and, and the, you know, the way that I've come to think about that, and we might have talked about this before, but I know it's a, a community and, and quite an industry, but, 
you know, I always like to, to see if people can be fit across different metrics, you know, throughout their lives. Can you grow older and have good grip strength? Can you have endurance? Can you have strength? Can you have mobility? Can you have um, flexibility? Those things are really important, and that's sort of how I feel about that. But certainly when you are engaged in a physical uh, fitness regimen, sometimes there are things that can happen that you have hypertrophy where you break muscles down and it starts to to hurt um, anything like that. I have trauma comfrey with me all the time. So you're saying it's not just for broken bones, any any sports injury where it's deeper tissue or even bone related if you get a kick at a soccer if a mom listens to this you know we listen to to this and and throughout the western world this show and if a mom listens to this and their kid plays soccer and you just get a really bad kick on your oh. shin you would use comfrey absolutely also the a forcible tearing of the skin an evolution like even if you have like a um what we would call road rash We, we did a special case on this particular comfrey with diabetic wounds and bed sores. Um, my mom passed away a couple years ago, and she was hospitalized prior to that, and it was something that I used for her just to decrease her pain and increase her quality of life because of her being unable to move. It, it really is, and I, I, I'm not a sensationalist. I'm not. Um, I promise you that. But this is something... <laughs> That you're very excitable, blown. but you're not a sensationalist. Yeah, but it's, no, it's blown me away as far as it's, yes. as its use is. It how, how does it differ from Arnica? Because I you grew up as an athlete myself, and it was always Arnica cream would, would do the trick and reduce the swelling. Would it work in addition, or would you use that instead? Sure, Arnica, I mean, we always love Arnica as homeopathic first aid, like, bam, let's just decrease this right away. But there's a couple different things. Um, Great. We've got tannins, we've got rosmarinic acid, and also allantoin. There are three different phytochemicals found in this particular herb, comfrey, that create such an amazing synergistic effect on its ability to heal wounds, even if they're open, and bones, and, and, and literally, as I've said, heal together. So it's, it's kind of blown me away. I have two things that I live by where, uh, from a plant medicine perspective, and it, it, it is curcumin and it is comfrey. Oh, no, They're and really I didn't know that. We, I was really just pointing to that show because we just had it on, on turmeric and curcumin. That's so wonderful to hear. And you yeah. almost sounded exactly like our guest who was, a, I think, triple PhD biologist, a researcher, really, not a doctor by is any means. Uh, yeah, exactly. And he's yeah. amazing. And he's known and I've, he's my mentor. I mean, he, I don't, I mean, we might have not uh, ever have met, but I have read his things over and over again. And 20 I years of research now proven yeah. that, you know, you can look at it. Yeah. He said within hours, you see curcumin dealing with cancer cells or markers, at least um, in the Petri dish. Like that research yeah. is now done. It's yeah, those in vitro studies yeah, are amazing. Incredible. And I, and I see them in my uh, world all the time. Um, I, I see outcomes amazing. with cancer and even IV curcumin, um, but you want to be able to go to somebody that's, uh, you know, very trained in that area. But these molecules, these, these components of these plants are very, very, very effective. And unfortunately, and you well know, we just have the, the politics of money, I think, you know, and I, I, like I said, I think there's a place for everything. I yes. think that there are incredible pharmaceutical advances that save lives every single day. But I do think that there are 
safer, effective uh, applications of botanical medicines as well that can play a part in in reducing the side effects sometimes of other, I would say, alternatives. Yes. <laughs> so pharmaceuticals, uh, you know, so we just, we all need to play together and focus on power to the people. I want to ask you what, how you would use it. But before I do, can you, I understand with skin um, wanting to grow together, bones wanting to grow together, if you just have a, a swelling on your bone from a, let's say, sports injury or fall, it's not broken why would that still apply? Why, what would Comfrey do to to heal a, not a broken bone, but just a swollen bone? Yeah, because it's got choline in it. It's a water-soluble essential uh, nutrient that boosts blood flow and speeds the healing of injured blood vessels. And that's basically what you're talking about. You're uh -huh. talking about, you know, sort of inflamed, painful tissue. Because bone is, is, is tissue, right? Bone is, is, yeah, is, yeah. is so, not Yeah, and also a, even if you just get a big muscle bruise, you know, choline's anti-inflammatory properties. Uh -huh. uh, some studies have found actually that this nutrient has enhanced blood flow, you know, to, to further speed the healing. And so I have it everywhere. I have it in my, my gym bag, my travel case, <laughs> my cosmetic. I'm not, I have to say this out loud. There's been no studies, I promise you, on um, what I'm about to say. But I, from everything I've read, I'm like, I think this could help wrinkles. <laughs> <laughs> so, so sometimes I just use it as a facial cream, you know, just because I think it's that amazing. And, and, and you look amazing that. and you're 92, so it must work, right? Yeah, no. thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's talk about how you would use it. You're saying cream, um, tinctures, the yeah, leaves no, directly, so no. not so applied. So it needs to be some kind of formulated form to take out the toxins that you talked about. What what would you recommend as the one go-to uh, tincture, salves? What's the best way? I think the cream and trauma comfrey. And um, one of the things that I would also like to say about it is that, as I said, I move kind of quickly. So I can put it on in the morning. It's not greasy. It just absorbs right away, and I can put on my shirt, and I don't have to worry about any stains, anything like that. And so if you look for the trauma comfrey, because I think that that puts it together best, that trauma comfrey. So it's exact, It's like you see it right there. And you get it in and what, any, any, any health food store? Yeah, you yeah. can get it in any health food store. You can get it online. It, 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 thankfully, the word is getting out, and people are starting to um, – and I'd rather have somebody put something on topically – then take another anti-prostaglandin or something where we're, we're starting to understand the, the risks associated with ibuprofen and the risks associated with acetaminophen. So if we can do the job topically and safely, I, I like that a little bit better. What is the risk of ibuprofen, just in a nutshell? So there's, if you've seen the ibuprofen um, studies that have come out recently, there's an increased risk in cardiovascular disease that mm -hmm. I think people need to be aware of. And with ibuprofen, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, if you have a headache, you take it. If you have menstrual cramps, you take it. If you have a hangover, you take it. If like all of a sudden there's quite a bit of this medication mm -hmm. being taken without anybody sort of realizing it. And so I want people to be aware of that. And acetaminophen actually is the number one cause of acute liver failure in the United States. Yes. And so that's Tylenol. So, so if there's if there's options that are going to get you pain-free and that are more effective and safe, I want to be able to talk about those. Yes, the wisdom of medicinal plants, Comfrey, our focus in this hour of an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg, and on the phone with me is Dr. Holly Lucille, naturopathic doctor uh, out of Los Angeles, Dr. Holly Lucille, her website. And you do see people online as well, right? Or do they have to come to your office? Nope. I, there's a telemedicine law here in California. Unfortunately... With the 
the new regulations, I have to limit it to the to the California area, but come on across the California border and call me up. <laughs> we'll have a good conversation. <laughs> That's yeah, like so many other things that you have to cross the border for, unfortunately, into some states or out of some states. Would you ever take Comfrey orally, internally? Have you ever recommended you know, people, that? You, you can. I think what's really important is, is, is any, any, just like anything else you source that you take in orally, source your ingredients. Make sure that it's safe, that it's effective, that it's um, mm -hmm. free of those um, alkaloids that are toxic. Uh, I know people that grow comfrey in their yard. Um, but, but we just want to make sure that everybody's being safe. And I think that's one of the important things about this, this particular plant. Yeah, beautiful. Amazing. We called the right person. Thank you so much for your wisdom as much for your excitement and and spirit uh, i know we will have yeah. you back i will talk to my great. production team and pick another topic soon it's really great um to, Super. to have I that can't much wait to excitement talk to you again. i appreciate all the work that you do yes ditto thank you so much uh, we'll have you back soon right, take care bye-bye right, bye and that again is dr holly lucille naturopathic doctor and an expert in the world of Western medicine as well as how to integrate nature and nature's wisdom. This hour, the wisdom of medicinal plants, comfrey, the one go-to self in this case, trauma comfrey, its healing powers. That's also the title of Dr. Holly Lucille's book, The Healing Power of Trauma Comfrey. You can get that pretty much anywhere, trauma comfrey and Uh, it's the great connector, skin, bones, any kind of bruises, sports medicine, beautiful. And that is if we allow nature to come back into our lives, whether that's through comfrey or trauma comfrey self or through organic food, fruits and vegetables. Here's the update from the produce doc of what to buy right now. Uh, what's a good price, how to pick it, how to store it, what to do with it, with, of course, no other than Earl Herrick, the founder of Earl's Organic Produce. Here is What's in Season. And with me now is the voice of the San Francisco produce market, Mr. Organic, Mr. Earl Herrick. Earl, are you there? Mm, hello, Helga. Hello. Uh, we're, we're bracing the summer heat finally. We had some 90-degree days here in the even closer Bay Area. Summer is here. Produce is here. There's almost nothing that's, that's not ready. What are you? What's your greatest <laughs> delight right now? Well, you're, you're right. It is, it is almost <laughs> everything. My goodness. Well... I can't. I can't hide from it. It is stone fruit. Nice. Um, it's, it's just. But it's interesting to see my taste change. I've always been a very big uh, peach lover and apricots, and, and I certainly still do. But in the last year or two, I've formed uh, a, a more appreciation on <laughs> nectarines. Huh. Now, now you and I were talked earlier. I, I know. Yep. And, And you said you hadn't had a good one yet. And well, it's uh, funny how uh, I mean. It's, I love this. I had, I had, um, apricots. The first delivery of apricots, I remember. And you mm -hmm. said, "Now nah, they can't be that good yet." And, and I believe they were yours at, at Good Earth and in uh, Mill Valley here in California, north of, of San Francisco, north of the bridge, an all organic produce department. And I felt yeah. them. They felt right. They seemed heavy. They seemed, I don't know, and I've got like two or three, ridiculous, uh, yeah. not, not even a little basket. And they were amazing. And I had, <laughs> had some yesterday, 
and they would need to ripen on the counter another three, four or five days, which they do. Uh, yeah. But yeah, white nectarines, which is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you know it's not. I haven't that, had one yep. yet, but you're saying they're there. Yeah, we, they are now. There is something going on this year, though, that has cut into the flavor, flavor profile, and that is the, all the rains we had. That is the mm-hmm. one, really, the only downside to the to the extra rainfall we got is that in drought years, it seems as though the trees with less irrigation. They have less fruit and maybe even smaller, but the flavor gets intensified. Sure. It's, it's almost as if they've been cured because they haven't been an excess of irrigation. So with this huge off-season with rain, I mean record rains, um, we're seeing big, beautiful fruit, but some of the flavor is, is weak. We also, before this hot spell last couple of weeks, it was really quite mild. And so with the, with the mild, with the extra rain, uh, with mild weather, you're not going to get the, the heat that really develops the sugar. So we had some fairly mediocre um, stone fruit. Um, Somebody the, had explained to me that when there's less rain, the trees get stressed out, and biologically they still need to you know, do what they do, which is populate mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the fruit gets sweeter as a reason for the tree to then be eaten by animals, to then uh-huh. have the pit be carried further so yes. that they make sure their their uh, species will survive. Is that what you that, is that what you think? I, I do. I do. I, I think that that is genius. The, yeah, that, <laughs> it is the synchronicity of nature that uh, it is going to survive. It's going to do what it takes. And you're right. When they're so stressed out, we're talking five, six year drought now, and many of the growers just were unable one either to buy the they didn't have water or they couldn't afford it. Sure. What they could get was very was a fraction. Amazing. So, yeah, I think you're right. It does stress itself out. For example, melons, I, th- I believe you may have talked to Rodrigo lately. Yes. And I'm not sure if he brought this to your attention, but much of the strategy of melon growers is, uh, I don't know the period of time, whether it's a week or two weeks before they harvest, they cut off the water to stress the fruit, which will create, again, the situation that you're talking about. Amazing yeah, biology you, you, at work. Oh, yeah, it's just phenomenal. So this year has been unique in that it's, you know, first year in six years that we've had a, a wonderful sure. watershed. The early uh, fruit, which would be early pl- plums and peaches and pluots, got damaged. They were unable, during their blossom time, they were unable to uh, get the uh, pollination that they needed because it was still very cool. Mm-hmm. So, that, so the, the bees don't get active. Sure. So you have about, a, what is it, 25, 35 days. Um, to pollinate. That have. Uh, that's the window. Yeah, that is the window. And if, you don't, if they don't get pollinated, bingo, you lose that fruit. So there was a very, very small crop. So when, um, with avocados, if you don't have the, the fat already developed, they will not ripen further. I had some avocado correct. that were hard, as many are in the store, and they just didn't convert. They just became rubber. Yes. Uh, if they have enough fat, they get riper. Is that the yep. same with, for example, apricots? With If they have the sugar, they ripen on your counter, but if they don't, they will just that's, stay the that's, same? That's right. It's called picking fruit at a higher maturity level. Uh-huh. So you can either do some um, mechanical work where you can take a BRICS test, which will allow you, some guys do it just randomly walking through their orchard and picking fruit off the tree. Sure. 
some of it is just the historic relationship of you know 25 30 years the weather they take all this into consideration how would a consumer know that if you walk through the store and you see stone fruit right now will that peach or the the nectarine or the apricot mm -hmm. ripen at yeah. home or not how would you if they are pretty hard yeah how would you determine that yeah the way that i do it is you look at the color and it's very hard because if you don't have a relationship to how deep and rich the color should can be, get yeah you may think it's already deep and rich. I remember the first year I picked peaches in my property years ago, there was one peach tree and it had like six peaches. And I, and I would wait and wait, and finally I said, oh, this has got to be ripe. So I picked one, and I ate it, and it wasn't even close. And I waited another week, and it got this beautiful, deeper, richer, the, the light green turned yellow, and I picked another one, and it still wasn't ready. And then I waited another week, and the yellow turned gold. And that's when it was ripe. So one indicator is color. It's got to be deep and rich. The other indicator is you look at the stem end. That is where the stem, where it's attached to the tree. That If there's green there, it should be very, very mild, very small amount. And that is okay. If it's extensively green, it's going to be too green. You mean the flesh or the, the skin would still be yes. green, not the stem itself? Yeah. No, the no, skin. no. Right. Yeah. So... Um, cool. If you if you if you can pick something, if yeah. you pick up a piece and it has no green there, and it has that fully fully rich color, and it is also heavy to the feel because that's going to give you yeah. how much uh, juice, then you got a good piece of fruit. even if it's now, firm, right? It will just yeah, ripen within a couple of days. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. The, in other words, what you've done is now picked a mature piece of fruit that was on the tree long enough to reach maturity. It just hasn't ripened yet. It just needs a couple more days to make that last chemistry cellular development. How, how important is the size in that? Because the the white the nectarines that I've seen, yeah, were yeah. a little smaller than normal, which I mm -hmm. sometimes like. I like smaller fruit anyway. We talked about that. You get yeah. a better deal. But mm -hmm. with stone fruit, it does mean they have, you know, a couple of weeks maybe less on the tree. Is that is that important yeah. to you? Well, a couple things there. It's, there's no science to that one. There's uh -huh. two things that can happen. One, again, if you use the indicators I just gave you, use that first. Uh -huh. And if all those things are fulfilled, the size doesn't matter. But small fruit can sometimes be the runt. In other words, you're going through your orchards and you're making several different picks because you only pick for ripeness and size. And okay, that's the first thing. And then as you go through your second and third picks, which is generally all you're going to get, maybe maybe you get might get a fourth. Uh -huh. the, what's, what's left are the, is the fruit that's not ripening. So you got to really determine if that's worth picking, if that's going to mature, or these just last pieces of fruit that aren't going to ripen. Right, so, or it could be the one that's actually the longest on the tree in a way. This, this uh, is very true. It's small, but it, it's still really yeah. good or maybe even amazing, right? It's possible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Again, fall back to that first indicator of high color right. and the color around the stem. Do you that, will elim that will eliminate the, the problematic of the size, because the size can really throw you off. Amazing. Um, yes. The, and um, we're almost out of time, but I do want to ask oh, about cherries, since, oh, you know, I know unbelievable, year, the Rainiers, the ye light yellow <laughs> ones. Are, is that the yeah. ones? Yeah. Yeah. They're yellow, and some of them are all yellow. Some of them have a red or pink blood. Exactly. Wow, yeah. the size and the perkiness, and so sweet <laughs> and so fun to eat. Why is it such a good cherry here? 
Well, cherries are incredibly fragile, and they come out at a time of year where the weather is still unstable. So California very rarely has a good cherry year because of the storms. And this year was okay. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't fantastic, but it was, it was sufficient. But the ones up north where we're getting product now, their weather had to be perfect. And so, again, they got a, they had a rainy off-season, which really fed the trees. Mm-hmm. And also, they haven't been they haven't been stressed out because they haven't been producing. Well, they, well, they probably have been stressed out because of no no uh, water, but they haven't been producing. So it was again one of these perfect years. It has to do with weather. The indicator really for cherries is about weather. Wonderful. And the, and the damage that happens is when they 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 get rained on, and it happens almost every year. Yeah. And, but if you look at the pricing, it's you know it's crazy. You're you're paying you know eight nine dollars ten dollars a pound, and that's what we've just come accustomed to. Back in the day, when I got got in the in the business in the eighties, you know you could buy uh, three pounds for a dollar. <laughs> I mean, so that's what it's, that's what's happened. And this is an extreme year, anyway. We had a couple yep. of segments with you explaining, wow, perfect storm or worst storm yep. for some yeah. for some <laughs> items. Yeah, cherries seem yep. really highly priced, amazing quality, but because yep. quantity is not there, uh, maybe quality yep. is still. Prices are really high, even this summer, especially for organic, of course. But that isn't just an indicator of that commodity now. Uh-huh. Not unlike avocados. Yeah. You know, avocados have become real expensive with this, the demand continuing yeah. to get off the charts. Huge amount of people all over the country eating avocados now. And the supply is steadier dwindling yeah. this year. It's just an off year. So that price, these are the most expensive avocados that we've ever sold ever. Mm-hmm. And cherries, so, too. Yeah, and cherries. But wonderful product. So Amazing. cherries while yes. still here because that season is just on the last legs right now. So yeah. fun. Stone fruit. Yes. Thank you yes. for In- making Enjoy. us pay attention to that and how to ripen then at home. Yes. Uh, and uh, we'll have you back next week. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks so much, Earl. Happy to be talking. Yes. Same here. Take care. <laughs> yes. The wondrous and powerful world of nature. The wisdom of medicinal plants, comfrey, and of course, the consumer segment, what's in season, that is all of nature available to us to allow the healthiest foundation we can when we approach life. And that was this week's edition of An Organic Conversation. Thank you so much for listening. A big thank you also to our associate producer, Kristen Ponger. An Organic Conversation is made possible through listeners like you and the fantastic support of our underwriters. Equal Exchange, a worker-owned cooperative that ensures your food is environmentally sound and socially just. Equal Exchange has been creating big change for small farmers for over 30 years by offering certified organic and fair trade coffee, tea, chocolate, bananas and avocados. More on Equal Exchange at equalexchange.coop. And Utterly, offering beautiful and fun clothing for boys and girls that is made entirely from the unused fabric of prominent apparel manufacturers. Every garment reduces our eco-footprint by preventing this fabric from reaching the waste stream. Utterly, making sustainability fashionable and fashion sustainable. For more information, adelie.co. Also, Earl's Organic Produce, a national distributor providing certified organic fruits and vegetables for your store, home, 
or business. Are you a chef, have a catering business, or planning a party, or simply just love organic produce? Anyone can buy directly from Earl's Organic at wholesale prices. The website is earlsorganic.com. And Fry Vineyards, America's first certified organic winery, producing organic and certified biodynamic wine without synthetic sulfites or other preservatives. Family-owned and operated since 1980. Fry Vineyards, Mendocino County award-winning wines. For more information, frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E dot com. Lastly, thank you as well to Bowman College, focused on holistic nutrition and culinary arts for over 20 years. Bowman College offers professional training programs that prepare individuals for careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Their website is bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. If you missed parts of this show or for any other episode, go to anorganicconversation.com or subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play so you'll never miss an episode. And for more information, health tips, recipes, and your daily dose of inspiration, find us on Facebook and Instagram at An Organic Conversation and on Twitter at Talk Organic. I'm Helge Helberg, and we'll be back with another great episode right here, same place, same time, next week. See you then.